The Rangers have fired President of Baseball Operations John Daniels two days after firing Chris Woodward. This franchise is in chaos. I have no idea what's happening, and neither do the freaking Rangers. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. It is Wednesday, August 17th. Your Rangers are 52 and 64. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show is to comment anything below. Comment why you think John Daniels is fired. Comment, I, I don't know. Comment what, what the heck's going on. What you think is going on because maybe you have the answers because this franchise clearly does not literally two days after firing chris woodward the rangers have fired president of baseball operations john daniels who have been there nearly 20 years who has overseen the building and development of the most successful teams in franchise history and i i cannot wrap my freaking mind around it the news broke literally as i was doing prep for this show i was you know going to have a nice episode about uh the rangers having a first win in tony beasley's tenure as as manager and of course it being a one-run win about josh young absolutely destroying every single baseball he sees in triple a and calling him up but but no no the rangers can't let me have that because they had to fire John Daniels. This is the statement delivered by the Rangers' uh, primary owner, or just by the by the Rangers in general. I think this is quotes includes quotes from Rangers managing partner and uh, majority owner Ray Davis. So this is a statement released literally like five minutes ago. The Rangers today announced that John Daniels has been relieved of his duties as president of baseball operations effective immediately. Executive vice president and general manager Chris Young will assume oversight of of all aspects of the Rangers baseball operations department. Young was hired by Young Young was hired in December of 2020 to work with Daniels and has been involved in all areas of the department since that time. Quote, this morning I informed John Daniels that his contract would not be renewed at the end of the season and that he is being relieved of his duties effective immediately, said Rangers managing partner and majority owner Ray Davis. Quote, John's accomplishments in his 17 years running our baseball operations department have been numerous. He and his staff have put together the best teams in this franchise's history that have resulted in five playoff appearances and two American League pennants between 2010 and 2016. His impact on the growth of our players' development, scouting, and analytics groups have been immense. John has always been always had the best interests of the Rangers organization in mind on and off the field and in the community. But the bottom line is we have not had a winning record since 2016, and for much of that time, we have not been competitive in the AL West division. While I'm certain we are headed in the right direction, I feel a change of leadership of the baseball operations department will be beneficial going forward. Chris Young is one of the top young baseball executives in the business, and his 21 months on the job has brought welcome energy and new ideas to the organization. I am confident in Chris's ability to lead our baseball operations with the goal of producing consistent winner on the field. I want to thank John for being a great part for this ownership group uh, over the last 12 years, and I wish him and his family the best in the future, end quote. Daniels joined the Texas Baseball Operations Department in 2002 and was appointed as the Rangers' eighth general manager on October 4th, 2005. He was promoted to baseball, president of baseball operations in March of 2013. 
That's the end of the release. I am stunned for so many reasons. The first of which, and the obvious point being, why the heck did they not announce this on Monday? Why not get them both over with at the same time? You let John Daniels go out there and have a press conference about why Chris Weber was fired, and then you fire him two days later. What, what on earth is that about? What is going on with this stupid organization? Why now? Why? 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 If you were going to fire him for his many, many mistakes, th this is not the time to do it. He has just started turning things around. He is, you have asked him for an impossible quick rebuild. They were kind of mediocre. They were competitive in 2019. They were. They were a competitive team, but the talent level was dwindling, and a lot of different things randomly did not break his way. There were some bad decisions. There were plenty of bad decisions, but there were a whole heck of a lot of good ones, and if you wanted anybody to speed through this rebuild, which he has done, he has compiled a incredibly quick rebuild from 2020 to... Now, you're a better team than your record indicates, just some one-run bad luck, and neither of these moves, it, the one-run bad luck goes a different way, and neither of these moves are done. And I think that's incredibly stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. They've had some ridiculously bad luck in one-run games, and if they were even around 500, or just had lost, I don't know, five, less, five fewer games in this historically bad one-run season then you're not firing your general manager, your president of baseball operations that has built the, the only successful teams in franchise history, and your manager who literally never was given a fair shake and was never given a club that should have been competitive. I don't think that you should fire both of those people on what would change completely if the Rangers had flipped the script in five of their one-run games. That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. That is franchise-altering levels of stupid. I don't know what on earth Ray Davis thinks that he's going to fix with this, other than just not having to pay his GM as much money. Which, if that's the case, then go ahead and just sell the team right now. Never look at a baseball field again. Because this is... The timing is absolutely asinine. This franchise has been absolutely terrible for the vast majority of their 50 seasons that we're celebrating, 50 seasons of mostly mediocrity. And then once John Daniels came here, the Raiders did have some really great clubs in 1996, 98, 99, and then they couldn't do anything with it. They did not know how to get pitching. They did not know how to advance past the first round of the playoffs. They did not do that until John Daniels built a team that was built for the future with very, very key assets that he or that he orchestrated trades for and built the best team in franchise history and then the next best team and then the next best team and then the next best team as well. Why are you firing that guy now? What do you think you're going to change and fix by firing him? I am just so frustrated with this stupid team making this decision now because it is completely short-sighted. It is absolutely barbaric, and I just cannot wrap my freaking head around these billionaires and their knee-jerk decisions that will end up costing the fans very greatly. Coming up, we're going to look at why they actually did it now and and what the ramifications of this are going to be, plus some of the highlights of John Daniels' move and, and some of the lowlights of mistakes that he made that actually maybe should have gotten him fired a little bit earlier. But first, this episode is brought to you by NT NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, and a few becomes a few too many. 
as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you're thinking and calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total the car. You kill somebody. Everyone knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're going to be okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life and someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Now, I still, I still can't get over this move, mainly because it happened five minutes ago. Literally, as I was planning out my show, they decided to announce this, but I, I really can't wrap my head around it. There have been some bad moves in John Daniels' tenure. For the most part, there have been a lot of bad faith arguments about why he's been bad, why he has made this thing, this, that, and the other, and oh, well, no, no one, Team Nolan versus JD. If you're still on Team Nolan in 2022, please jump up your own butt and never speak about baseball to me ever again. That is the dumbest thing in the entire history of the Rangers fan base, is defending Nolan Ryan as the guy who was saving the franchise, building, building these great things, and uh, you know, doing the important work of sitting around and being a figurehead that occasionally called in for a move like Ryan Dempster. And that didn't work out. Th those are the things that, that worked out. The Lance Berkman deal. That was, that was Nolan. If you're Team Nolan and you love Lance Berkman being here and his pouting and his terribleness, then over the things that John Daniels did, like these great trades, then, then, sure, sure. Go ahead and think that Nolan was better. But there have been some really bad moves in John Daniels' history, including recently. Some of the trades that uh, in season that have not worked out at all, uh, yeah, let's see. Ryan Dempster, that's one that really comes to mind. The Rangers traded for him in July of 2012. Uh, Kobe Lewis went on the IL, and the Rangers needed somebody else in the starting rotation, so they thought, okay, let's go get Ryan Dempster. He's been pretty good. He had 16 games under his belt at 225 ERA with the Cubs, but he had a 509 ERA in 12 games with the Cubs after that, and the Rangers traded Kyle Hendricks to the Cubs. Now, at the time, it, it okay, sure, Kyle Hendricks was a guy who threw in the – 80 low or high 80s to low 90s and I didn't think anything of it but he's gone on to be incredible absolutely incredible he won a world series with the cubs um, he had a 213 era that led the nl that season um nine mlb seasons he has over 1300 innings under his belt and and a war of 23 which is uh yeah pretty darn good and i believe would be in let's see that would put him right around the in the top 20 that would have put him uh, 15, right above, right above Josh Hamilton. If he had stayed here with the Rangers, now that ended up being a dumb trade. In hindsight, it's easy to to talk crap about it, but it was really, really frustrating at the time. In 2011, they made a bad trade for Koji Uehara, who they did not pitch nearly enough and was effective for a little bit while he was with the Rangers, but then went to a just god tier level when he was with Boston the next year. 
finished seventh in Cy Young voting, even earned MVP votes, and the Rangers traded Chris Davis and Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter was a key reliever for the Baltimore Orioles for a long time. Chris Davis, um, I don't know if he won an MVP, but he definitely got MVP votes several years. Uh, hit 53 home runs and 42 doubles one year. Granted, they gave him a massive contract. They ended up looking bad on the back half, but he was still a very, very valuable player for those Baltimore Orioles. I don't know that he necessarily would have done that here, but it's still a frustrating trade. The U Darvish trade did not work out at all. The Rangers got basically nothing for him. They got Brandon Davis, they got AJ Alexi, and Will Calhoun for half a season of probably the greatest pitcher that this team has seen in the 21st century on this franchise. Now, no one may have been a little bit better for him for the Rangers, but like it, it, it no one has reached those levels that you Darvish had, and he was so good for this Texas Rangers club. And it sucks that he probably came in a year or two too late because if he was on that 2010 or 2011 World Series team, then he he might just have, have um, made a difference in that. Matt Garza trade clearly did not work out. The Rangers gave up two very high-quality relievers that have had long MLB careers. They traded Cole Hamels for literally nothing, and he ended up being fantastic for the next half season with the Cubs. There have been some bad trades on this club in John Daniels' tenure, and there have been some bad moves. I was still a little confused by the draft strategy. It ended up looking really great because that that first pick – that first pick in this draft, drafting Kumar Rocker, was a real head-scratching move, but they ended up getting Brock Porter, who, by the way, is now in the top 100 prospects, according to MLB Pipeline, who just updated their top 100 last night. That's a fourth-round pick immediately in the top 100 prospects in all of baseball. That's what the Rangers did with their most recent draft. Even in last year's draft, they are starting to show some huge dividends. And in recent first-round picks, they have started to show a lot more dividends than they did early on. That was one of the biggest struggles of this team, is not drafting well in the first round, not developing that talent. They did a decent job of, of getting guys out of Latin America, getting jerks and Profar from Curacao, ended up being the number one overall prospect in baseball. Injuries derailed that, um, but still really solid and some other really franchise altering moves i just i get wanting to put a new voice in charge in the clubhouse i get that it's frustrating and it's not chris woodward's fault but i get it at a certain point you do have to have some kind of new voice in there if you're wanting to compete next year but they're wanting to compete next year and they have a GM slash president of baseball operations slash guy in charge of the entire front office who has only worked in a front office for less than two years and during his time the Rangers have been terrible he's been in two seasons one season was the first 100 lost season since the 1970s in this club and then there's this season which has been pretty disappointing but still was always expected to be a stepping stone year I don't know what the Rangers ownership thought when they saw this year Obviously, they thought, this is horribly inexcusable. We just paid only, like, three players decent contracts. There's still a whole lot of horribly underpaid players. Like, there's still not a lot of highly paid players on this team. There's Marcus Simeon, and there's Corey Seager. And there's not a whole lot else. John Gray is making an okay bit of money. You're getting a full year of top 10 AL pitcher, Martin Perez, for $4 million. What what did you expect? There was so much that needed to be renovated from the 100-lost team that was last year to this year, and the Rangers still have a long way to go 
this roster next year is not going to be competitive enough to compete for a playoff spot. And that's what they so desperately want. Ownership so desperately needs to make the playoffs, needs to have a winning record next year. And you just fired the only guy who's gotten a team, who has made trades, created a team, developed a team that has made it past the first round in your franchise history. I don't know what on earth you're smoking, but you need to put the pipe down and just chill out. Just chill out. Because this is an absolutely knee-jerk reaction of a move, and it is going to hamstring you for years and years to come, and it is not going to work out the way you think it is. Chris Young might be great early on, but he's still not experienced, and the way you build great teams is through great trades, great drafting and development, and that experience that the Rangers are going to need to pull off some big, big trades and negotiate in some big free agents this offseason. Coming, we're going to talk about what the ramifications of this are, some of John Daniels' better moves, and more frustration and venting about the stupidity of Rangers' ownership. But first, this episode is brought to you by Liver Health Formula. Did you know that sustainable weight loss comes through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins, igniting your fat-burning metabolism, but thanks to new modern diets rich in unhealthy processed food and constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins most of us has overworked livers but it's not easy to rejuvenate your liver and reignite your metabolism thanks to liver health formula by pure health research liver health formula contains eight liver boosting super nutrients like turmeric beet and artichoke extract all of which work to wake up a sluggish liver and turn into a Toxin flushing and fat burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low in energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk free today and a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. CurbFit is a safe, all-natural appetite suppressant, so it makes it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it perfect co- complement to liver health formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of CurbFit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB right now to get started. Now, John Daniels has been in this Rangers organization for 20 years. He has been the president of baseball operations since 2013. And in that time, he has made some fantastic moves, including one of the best trades in recent MLB history. It traded a year and a half of Mark Teixeira for three, three future All-Stars, one of which was the best shortstop in recent franchise history was the shortstop a catalyst on this team who actually just today got released by the Oakland A's probably to go on some team that doesn't suck and just hit a two-run homer against that team that's right he got Elvis Andrus he got uh, Matt Harrison Jared Saltamakia and Neftali Feliz as well as Bo Jones I don't know anything about Mo- Bo Jones I, I think he might have done something but I, I don't know what it was with this club I definitely don't think at the major level. But Neftali Feliz was an all-star closer, the linchpin to the Rangers' best teams, the lockdown guy in the ninth inning, and got the final out in the most memorable game in franchise history. They got him, plus a shortstop who would play every day, play some great defense, base run really, really well, um, hit okay, and um, eventually 
end up being traded to the freaking Oakland A's. And they also got Matt Harrison, who was a really quality starting pitcher for several years, even got some Cy Young votes and had an all-star season. Back issues ended up derailing his career, but he was really, really valuable on those Rangers teams. He ate a lot of innings. He was very, very solid. He was reliable. You could count on him. And that is a whole, whole, whole lot of value for a guy who they ended up trading half a year later. Or, or, or full year later, I should say. And by the way, the Angels let him walk, let Mark Teixeira walk after he was traded to them uh, from the Braves. And the compensation pick they got from letting him walk ended up turning into Mike Trout. So, uh, yeah, trading with Mark Teixeira has real, wielded some really, really good benefits for everyone who was not the Braves. He also made some other really great deals. He brought in Cliff Lee that ended up pushing the Rangers over the hump and getting them into the World Series in 2010. He brought in Colt Hamels and Jake Diekman, which gave the Rangers two key pieces that ended up helping them win division titles in 2015 and 16 against the Astros, who still had their same core that ended up winning the World Series not much later. And uh, the only player that they gave up that ended up being a big league regular was Jorge Alfaro, who the Phillies would end up trading uh, a little bit later. So that that deal looks even, even better. Joey Gallo was traded out for several guys that have all been major league contributors this season. Glenn Otto, uh, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, all those guys are probably going to play a pretty big role in the Rangers' future. Trevor Hover is also, I think, probably going to be a big leaguer at some point. And Gallo ended up being traded away for not a whole lot, not a, whole lot a year later as well and is thriving on a team that is not the New York Yankees, which I find absolutely hilarious. He brought in Mike Napoli in the middle of the season for cash and helped propel the Rangers offense. He had a uh, 908 OPS in 35 games when they literally just got him for cash. He got Nelson Cruz for pennies on the dollar from the Brewers. All they had to give up was uh, Francisco Condero, Lance Nix, and uh, <laughs> and Kevin Mench. That's, that's not a bad trade at all. He also brought in Josh Hamilton for freaking pennies on the dollar, sent out Mike Miner, who was who is bad for Dustin Harris, um, brought in Sam Dyson, who was absolutely phenomenal for a couple of fringe, maybe major leaguers, and it was, it was incredible. He also brought in Benji Molina for pennies on the dollar again that also helped bring that Rangers team some great moments, including hugging that all-star closer that he got for trading away his all-star in his prime. Um, a pretty pretty great moment in franchise history, as well as the most memorable hitting for the cycle I think I've ever seen and the most memorable triple I will ever watch in that triple in Boston uh, by one Benji Molina, probably the slowest major league player I think I've ever seen. There have been so many great moments that John Daniels has helped orchestrate. He drafted Joey Gallo. He drafted... Um, Josh Young, who is absolutely crushing it and probably going to be in the major leagues within it should be within the next week because he has been absolutely dominant. But again, the Rangers have a lot of holes on this team right now. And I know Chris Young has shown some promise. He's done some good things so far, but there is still a lot of holes to fill on this roster. The Rangers have to negotiate a contract extension with Martin Perez. They still have not done that. Um, that is going to be the first thing that they need to do. This, they, they should have it done by the end of the season. If it takes four years, $60 million, go freaking do that. Throw that at him right now. You take that because you still need two, maybe even three more starting pitchers on this roster. And you need another bat as well. 
And if you want to bring back Joey Gallo, why not have the guy in charge that drafted him, that has built these winning teams over and over and over again? And the biggest sin of John Daniels is is not rebuilding a little bit faster. In 2019, they could have embraced that rebuild, but because this Fender's front office wanted, or the ownership wanted to be competitive, they were forced to not embrace the rebuild until it was literally already forced upon them in 2021, in the back half of 2020, really. There just was not... It should have been from 2018, after Adrian Belcher retired, I get wanting to make some halfway competitive teams in 2017 and 18 in the last years of Adrian Beltre. But the final year of Adrian Beltre, the Rangers lost 95 games. All that effort was for nothing. They ended up being a little bit better the very next year, but they still ended up with a losing record. And I just don't know what more this this ownership group expected from him. There's only so much you can do with the resources provided. They could have opened up the checkbook a little bit more in 18 and 19, but they've not had that high a payroll in these years since. Teams go in cycles. Not every team can be the Yankees or the Dodgers and just be competitive for 20 years straight. That just doesn't happen. Unless you're the Rays and you can out-scout everybody, or you're the Dodgers that you can out-scout everybody and pay the best scouts and the best GMs and all of that to come to your team. I just... I don't know what they were expecting and why they make this move now. They still have so much work to do. And if after next year, if after next year, then you're still not in the playoffs, then yeah, I get it. I get it. Make the move. Have have a new guy in charge. But then you have Chris Young with a whole, whole nother year under his belt. John Daniels has not been without his faults, without his mistakes, but he has been one of the best general managers in all of baseball for freaking 15 years. And you move on now? because they're not pulling out of this rebuild after literally one year? You're stupid. You're absolutely stupid if you think that is what's going to happen. And the Rangers are getting close. They brought in two superstars. They brought in two really good starting pitchers. John Gray has had some injury issues and uh, very much could very much use him on this team back up with the Rangers right now. But they're not getting it. They're getting some quality starts out of Martin Perez. They're getting uh, Cole Reagans, you know, being okay a half decent major leaguer and after a guy had two tommy john surgeries and has come back and provided some value at the major league level i think that's very very encouraging josh young who missed a couple months last year didn't start until i think june 15th was his first game in the minor leagues last year at least after the rehab stint in arizona and this year he had a shoulder injury that he ended up coming back from a little bit early and might end up making his major league debut by the end of the season. Should absolutely make his major league debut at the end of the season. And it's looking like a really, really great draft pick. The Rangers got eighth overall and might be one of their better first-round draft picks that they've had in several, several years. I know the pitching prospects have backed up a little bit this year. I do think those are things that are fixable and it's just a whole lot of bad luck happening. But it's not his fault. They had a plan Picking Jack Leiter was extremely defensible. He was the best pitching prospect that we've seen coming out of the draft, out of college in several, several years. And there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. There just isn't. This year I get the Kumar Rocker signing, uh, drafting and signing was a, a little bit of a red flag, a little bit of a questionable decision. And I really would have liked to have Tamar Johnson. But Brock Porter is really dang good, and so is Kumar Rocker. Like, I just don't know what this front office, this ownership group, I should say, expected to turn this team around. Rebuilds take time. And if you halfway them, if you go one cheek into a rebuild and you try and turn it around way too fast, then you end up extending that rebuild another five years. 
another five years, which it might end up being what happens with this team because there's still so much work to be done. The bullpen needs some revamping. They still could use one or two more bats. I mean, Marcus Simeon hasn't had the best year. He's turned it on. Well, he had a home run uh, the other day, and it, but still the second half hasn't been quite as good as the first half for him. Corey Seager has been uh, in a little bit of a slump the last couple of days. Some of the fringe signings this year have not been super great. Brad Miller has been straight up awful, absolutely awful, and they signed him to a two-year deal. I don't know why. Cole Calhoun has been mostly awful this year, and they're probably going to just keep him on the IL for the rest of the year. Uh, because the injury is a little bit worse than they initially expected. And also, he hasn't been performing, so like, why are you in a rush to bring him up at this point? But they've also made some other really great under-the-radar moves they got. I know it's going to see it for freaking cash considerations. He was an all-star last year. He's going to be at least a three-win player this year. He's been very, very valuable. They got Jonah Heim out of an aging Elvis Andrews, and he has been a 2.7 war player so far this year. Uh, the Nathaniel Lowe trade, as much as I you know, threw my head back and cried about it, for probably too long. He's been a serviceable major league player. The, the the payroll is still really, really low on this team. People make a lot of fuss about the Rangers. Oh, the Rangers spent half a billion dollars this offseason. Oh, they spent half a billion dollars. Yeah, they spent it over the course of 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah. There was literally nothing on this payroll. There was only like three, four, maybe even, not even three. I don't even think three players on this roster coming in that were left over that were even past arbitration. This is a top five market in all of baseball in terms of size. The Rangers games are broadcast all the way from New Mexico to Arkansas to Louisiana to Oklahoma throughout the entire state of Texas. This is a big market with a lot of revenue coming in from television and the Rangers have not spent like it the last several years. And now, and now is when you decide to fire your, the best general manager, the best president of baseball operations operations you have ever had in franchise history i don't get it it's knee-jerk it's stupid it's just absolutely indefensible to do it at this time you waited another year fine but for this team having showing what they have shown on the field being a half decent club you got to go from being half decent before you can go and be a playoff contender or a title contender. I don't know if the Rangers might end up firing Chris Young after next year if they don't win a World Series, because that's how stupid this ownership group is. They shrink back in the shadows. They make these idiotic decisions. They lay down these impossible demands and refuse to dish out the resources necessary to actually make those demands possible. And they are absolutely indefensible in this move. And I hope that they suffer much more than the Rangers fan base will from this absolutely stupid move. Thank y'all so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe with a clearer head about all of this, what the next move is and what to move forward. And probably a lot more negative adjectives to throw out about Rangers ownership. Thank y'all so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.